Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with Dan Hawkins. I really enjoyed it. It was fun tonight. Amazing career. And yet again, a band, I said it during the during the podcast, a band that we've played with. Um, we really haven't had the, the chance to kind of have, have a good chat with any of them. Which yeah. is great about Crowcast and the strange thing post-pandemic, like, you know? Yeah, it's mad, but um, we've done a few festivals now with them. So, yeah, it is strange. You know, you see him across the field and, like I said, on Crowcast, I think, you feel, it's not that you feel rude or nothing, but it's just like, you know, you know, the, the, the prep and everything needs to be done before you go on stage. You've got to be in the right mindset. So you don't want to intrude. You don't want to be, you know what I mean? So all that going yeah. on. But um, really interesting guy, really passionate Um loves and hates what he does and i can really sort of see that myself in that um because it can be a hindrance this crazy world this industry for anybody who wants to watch the visual this is episode 74 indeed incredible episode Mm. 74 available on youtube um but yeah so much fun and uh all about the past growing up with Justin and how they transitioned into the darkness. And I don't want to give too much away uh, with that, with that kind of thing, but there was a lot of insight and we did touch on stone gods yet again, a, a band that we both love and a band, uh, the crows love. Yeah, man. And a lot of crow family do now, you know, it means we talked about them so much. I, I mean, they've heard of them before us, but some didn't. Um, yeah. It was always going to go back to stone gods. So glad, glad we touched on that. Should we get into it? Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast Podcast. Shall we have a guest? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Crow family, please welcome the super talented Mr. Dan Hawkins. Oh, hello. (laughs) What's happening, bud? How's it going, guys? Uh, Sorry, very well. Very Austin, well. I, I just had to knock one out over that last T-shirt design. That was just... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what pays the bills, man. It's what pays the bills. It's really good to meet you, Dan, because um, we were saying earlier, it's really bizarre. We've come across you guys in a few festivals, but it's always that bizarre world when you're in a band of trying to find the right time to come up and say hello without, because there's always people around or there's always press to do, and then you're trying to get ready for a show. Um, and now we're in 2021, you know, post-pandemic. This seems to be the new way to say, hello, how are you doing? Yeah, it's it's um, well, it's definitely healthier this way, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny with festivals, isn't it? It's um, I always find it... Um, where you arrive and, and normally you've been on a long journey and, and uh, you're kind of recovering from the, from the journey and then uh, trying to get some, some uh, sleep during the day and then you sort of, you wake up just before you go on stage and, and it all starts again, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> well, that's my experience anyway. <laughs> Rock and roll, absolutely, dude. Um, so things have been in lockdown. How's that been for The Darkness? What is, what is the, have you been rehearsing much and stuff? Well, <clears throat> we um, we don't rehearse really. Um, truth be told, you know, maybe kind of um, if we we haven't seen each other for a while, we'll get together for maybe like a day, 
But yeah. our rehearsals are just, well, it's just a calam- calamitous affair, really, you know. <laughs> Normally, everyone just trying to remember what's going on and Justin trying to sort of throw us off the scent and nuts about as much as he can just to make light of the thing. You know? <laughs> make light of the fact of how bad we sound. <laughs> and that's it. And then the time time runs out and it's like, well, okay, time to go. Okay. <laughs> is, this, what, is it literally just sending tracks over and, and just learning your parts and then just get on stage and do your business? Well, I mean, you know, when you're recording stuff, you kind of, you've played it so many millions of times before, you know, you actually hit record. It's yeah. sort of, it's all muscle memory, isn't it? You guys know, it's like, it, it's, um, you know, we're, I don't think we're, we're not really the most technical of bands. So it's more about um, just trying to uh, not fall over. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, because it's just kind of, you know, it's not about getting it right for us. It's about just going for it. And um, as I say, like trying not to crash into each other or fall off the stage most of the time, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Is, it, is it, what's it like then, Dan? Like, um, I mean, I call the boys my brothers, but I mean, I went to school with these boys. They feel like my brothers, but I've got a brother. What's it like being in a band with your brother? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's... um. It's funny. It's funny. I mean, we, we kind of have that, um, I guess, a telepathy. I suppose yeah, yeah. where where we don't have to. We don't really even argue. We don't argue that much because we we know exactly what each one of us is thinking before we said it. It's normally it's normally a case of us trying to get across the the, the idea to the other guys. I guess in a way because we know what we're doing. Really, I suppose. Um, so that's 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 easy, really. But I mean, I, I think when you're been in a band with someone, um, at any point in time, you end up having that kind of like brotherly thing. Anyway, yeah. I found it's like you know it's, you're kind of almost like on a tour of duty, aren't you? Uh, and, and the experiences you go through and the, the 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 intensity of it, you end up having that kind of bond. So I. I you know, I'd say, um, yeah, I'm the same. The, the the other two are like brothers yeah. to me as well. You know, and and, and most most people have been in a band with it ends up being like that. Yeah, but did you and your brother always have that musical sort of spark, like from early on? Yeah, I mean, we, from eight years old, I guess. You know, maybe right. even earlier than that. I mean, my parents are like massively into into music, and and um, my earliest memories are, are of trying to get to sleep. While they're sort of just cranking it, you know, they're they're big believers in in um, the the children that you shouldn't be quiet for children, <laughs> yeah. that they should adapt to their environment, like, <laughs> whether they like it or not. Yeah. So, so my earliest memories are just them pumping the tunes on a nightly basis, and then and then it going all going off at the weekend as they have their mates around, and and um, you know, I, I guess in a way, I try I try to keep that going really. I, you know, in my household, it's no holds barred. Anyone can make as much noise as they want, really. Yeah, I, I was the same, dude. Um, yeah. My childhood, I remember, like, my my family, well, my father in particular was extremely musical, but, like, played guitar and sang and stuff. But, like, we didn't um, have all our family, our cousins, our uncles and aunties, and they would just be a party, whether it be in our house or their house, it would be alternate. And he was just, you know, as a kid, you'd be trying to fall asleep on the sofa and the party goes on till stupid o'clock. Um, yeah. yeah, that was my childhood too. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of people think that 
um, and I'm sure it is the case for a lot, a lot of people, a lot of musicians and artists that that they're reacting against something that maybe they they had their I don't know they they couldn't express themselves um, properly or or or, or had a, a point to prove to try and prove that they that they could do something that their parents didn't want them to. But it wasn't the case in our household. My my parents were super supportive and and, um, and I remember when, when I. I got pretty good grades at um, GCSE, and um, and my brother had, had started studying A levels, and he, he was in the a year above me, basically. Well, I think actually, ten years, two years above me. I think. Um, so he was like um, straight A student at A level, um, psychology, English, and I can't remember what, what else it was he was doing, and um, and so after the first year of A levels, he um, he dropped out. <laughs> And like, and this is just as I, I was about to leave school. So, um, and it was like, oh my god, like, because he basically just he thought, well, this is this is I can do this, this is fine, but this is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. I don't want an academic career. And um, and right up to that point, I was kind of just assumed that I would sort of follow suit, follow the grades. I don't know, maybe become an English teacher or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then when he said, "Right, I'm I'm sacking it all off, and I want to go to um, some sort of music technology course in Huddersfield or whatever," and, and changed completely, changed tact. Um, uh, it was at that point I I reassessed what I wanted to do, and uh, and I left school and and I moved to London when I was 17, and worked, worked with my dad as a builder for about six or seven months, and then managed to get a job. And um, and that was it because I, I just thought, I thought well London's that's that's where all the talented musicians are I'll go there and become a famous musician <laughs> as you do <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we did that's at sixteen did right here, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but coming back to the point my parents were right behind that they were like brilliant you, you know you're, you're going to be more successful at something that you love completely more successful and happier doing that than anything else that you feel like you should be doing so just go for it ah kick-ass parents man that's exactly yeah. that's it dude um so when so when was your i i heard that it wasn't the guitar where you started with it was drums is that right that's right yeah yeah i was hugely wow. into um so you yeah, play, I was, you know, or? so um yeah sometimes you know like i mean i do a lot of um kind of um, pitches for advert music and things like that. And, oh, cool. um, and also I, I, I'd sometimes drum on, on my um, on my own, on the demos. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's brilliant being able to um, realize a song without having to rely on a drum machine or programming and all that shit. I literally, I, I like, I'll just get behind a drum kit, five minutes later it's done. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, the bass on and whatnot. But, um, I wouldn't say I was the best drummer in the world, but um, I'm pretty good at production, so I can kind of sort my mess out later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I can. Um, I can. The, the turd will will look the right shape, <laughs> um, but I can manipulate it and varnish it perfectly for to enough to um to be able to present a, a, a decent recording of whatever is the song the song is that I. I wanted I wanted to um, get across, but um, but yeah. So I was I got my first drum kit when I was I think nine, um, and I was pretty much playing along to stuff like Toto 
and also I was into like stuff like Nuclear Assault and Early Metallica and yeah 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 I was kind of into sort of thrash for a while when I played drums but I had um I, <laughs> I couldn't afford two two bass drums um, or a double bass drum pedal so I used to have two two bass drum pedals on one bass drum and when it would get <laughs> when it would get to the, the double bass drum bit I'd have to sort of shift my knee around and like, <laughs> This looks horrific, and I did. I did one gig when I was about when I was about eleven, I think, at the school, and they all went pear shaped because I got overexcited and went to whip my leg round from the hi hat to the double to the two bass drum pedals and just knock the knock the snare fly like flying myself. It was a, it was a mess, but um, yeah. So yeah, that's that was that's my drumming career in a nutshell, really. And you thought that. Yeah, I, this is this is too stressful. I need to go into guitar. <laughs> <laughs> too, many, too many things going on. No, it was, uh, it was um, well. Actually, uh, I actually I started learning bass. Well, I have to say learning bass all the time. I um, I was playing guitar, not because I thought I'd be a guitarist, but because I was really interested in how how songs were written. And my my brother, when I when I started playing drums, he he instantly. Was was playing guitar and specifically lead guitar, um, and he had a. I'm self-taught, but he had a um, he had a guitar teacher, so he technically is really good. Um, so I think he was probably maybe 14, and I was 12, and he asked me to go and audition for um, this band he was in in Lowestoft, which was like it was the biggest sort of covers band in Lowestoft at the time, and their bass player had left and. Um, because uh, he was punching above his weight as well, because these guys were like 15, 16, whatever. And, um, <laughs> and so I went along and um, uh, and I got the gig. And it's funny because I, I, I was listening to it. So on, on my audition, I, it was um, um, uh, it, there was a there was a Rush song in there, um, and uh, I want to run, which is not yeah. the easiest thing for a twelve-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are the two key players and they were quite into sort of like progressive stuff and, and um, Genesis and whatnot. And um so yeah, and I just sort of just thought, well, just focus on it and do that. So so I became a bass player on that day and then I was a bass player until I moved to London. So I actually moved to London as a bass player. So I'd say actually, like honestly, like uh, my best instrument is is bass. You know, I, I was I was all right on drums. Um, I class myself as a competent rhythm guitar player, um, but bass, I can, um, you know, I can play stuff by level 42. <laughs> yeah, boy. Outstanding. <laughs> 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 do, do you miss playing the bass in a band or? Um. <laughs> No. <laughs> no that's, that's fair enough. It's just no. a weird one because I've known Musos for years and, like, yeah. you know, some people, they say the same story as you just said because I didn't know that. And um, they might they might have started off on bass. Um, like, Dave's the same, isn't he, Shane? He was mm. a bass player, but he plays guitar now. Um, and mm. certain people do... They play another instrument, but they still miss that instrument. They still miss being yeah. in a band with that instrument. So, yeah. I do like I do like playing bass, you know. Like as I say before, like quite often, um, well, on this last album, because of the way that it was, um, the way we had to record it, 
I was um, building up the tracks with Rufus and then and then sending like the, the finished kind of edit or whatever off to the boys and and, um, and I would always put a guide bass down just so um, it doesn't sound weird um, and I always really love it when it's bass time you know it's like just yeah yeah I, think, I don't know I just love it it's like I mean I think um, like I mean I, I learned playing along to records so I've got all of those bass lines kind of installed in me almost in my heart because um, I couldn't afford an amp when I started. When I, started, I had a bass and it was the shittiest bass of all time. Um, and I, but I couldn't afford an amp. Um, so for a year, um, the way I would listen to my bass while I was playing along to records was I would just hold it to my heart with my chin like this, which is probably why I'm a massive punch these days. But like, uh, and you can actually feel the vibrations going yeah. through your, your heart. And, and it's, um, you know, you feel really connected to the, that instrument um, you know, there's just something about that, I think, which is, uh, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's why so many bass players in the eighties had such high strats. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't need an amp. I don't need an amp. Just mark up my heart. <laughs> so one, so one music then, um, I don't know whether it be albums or, or bands that, you know, really sort of made you think, wow, this is what I want to do. I want to be that guy. I want to be that band. Um, well, um, I guess, well, I mean, I was quite into, um, it's a less difficult thing because I went through kind of, when I was, when I was a drummer, I went through like a, a huge Lars Ulrich thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was quite big for me. Um, but also Toto, I was really into Toto. I mean, I was quite young, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be into Toto because they're amazing, but, um, they're amazing, yeah. um, but it was, you know, I remember like, um, back in the day when there were four channels, three actually, when I started playing, um, and you would have to set the VHS recorder for the one music program on BBC Two that was on at midnight, and then and then you'd come down the next day and like just pray that the thing had gone right, because it always used to go wrong and record the wrong channel, just break down in the middle of that, and, and one of them was um, Toto Live at this stadium somewhere, and it, uh, Jeff Bakari was the drummer at the time, and it was just, absolutely mind-blowing just blew me away and i was just like gobsmacked you know um and him and uh, phil collins actually as well when i was a kid i was just mad, uh, when i was a drummer just those two guys it was like this is what i want to be you know and then um and then uh on, on the bass playing side of side of things like i had a weird obsession with tom hamilton from um aerosmith when I was like sort of between 12 and 14, not weird, it's not sexually weird, not that that would be weird, because, you know, he's an Aerosmith, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's an Aerosmith. Yeah, so, you know, um, and, yeah, and, and, uh, uh, and um, Paul McCartney at the time as well, and yeah. I was really into, like, like, as far as, like, songwriting goes, I was really into Beatles and, Neil Young and, and um, uh, Teenage Fan Club were a massive influence, influence on me. And then as I got more into rock, there, there was a moment where where um, uh, there's a there's a double punch of like um, it was thin as he one year um, that my dad had given me this best of, and it was like oh my god, that's the sound of my dreams. And then and then um, and then ACDC the next year, and then that was it. And and I think it was 
there's no surprise that like that I sound a bit like Malcolm Young, I suppose. Like um, I had that same approach to rhythm guitar in, as him. Uh, and then when I play lead, I like to like harmonise with it, probably yeah. like similar as he do. I don't know. It's just that root one for me. But 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 um, ACDC, um, uh, Power Age in particular, um, and also uh, for years when I was commuting in London, I had um, the the live album they did that that was. Um, Post Phil Rudd, I think it was um, uh, the other guy, but it's still an amazing sounding record. Like just the the energy in it was just blew my mind. I mean, I, mean, I think I listened to Fire Your Guns from that album. Probably I've listened to that must be two, five, two or three thousand times. Every every tube journey at six o'clock in the morning on my way to a shitty job, I hated. Like I would have that blasting and just thinking, yeah. You guys, you you can all fuck off. <laughs> I'm a bit sweary tonight. <laughs> Sorry, it's kids. To us, to us. It's nothing when we start going. No, I know, I know, I know. When you when you did that covers band, then is that what transitioned into the darkness, or did, was there bands before that? How, how did you get into to like writing your own stuff, or or was that going on about the same time? Because you were about fourteen when you when you joined yeah. that band, was it? Or yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, I mean, my brother and I sort of um, would play music together, but um, we were quite different. As we had different musical tastes um, for for years. So, and he was a bit older, and he was playing with other bands, and I was doing my own thing. And um, so, it's quite hard to to explain I mean basically the, the, the last band I was in with Justin when we were both living in Lowestoft was a band called Lung Nugget and, and I was the drummer and I'd gone back to drumming to help these guys out and um, and that was mainly sort of grunge covers um, and just sort of a, a, anything really and um, it wasn't entirely serious it was just making a load of noise and then and then I moved to London and, and he went to um, uh Technical college in um, in Huddersfield, music tech college in Huddersfield, and and I started playing in bands in London, and um, and it was a few years before he followed me down actually, um, so we were kind of just doing our own thing separately for years. So I'd say we only really played in a, in in a couple of bands together like properly. We but basically the band the Darkness is the first band that he and I started and said right this is going to be serious this is going to be our band and and this is what we're going to do and really focus on it um, but before that we just we don't yet yeah, just gen genuinely playing bands for, for a laugh and um and um yeah with the exception of that covers band that i was brought in and he was the, the lead guitarist in um, because that was kind of serious <laughs> even, even though we were like 12 and 14 or whatever, 13 or 14 it's cool, man, because like before the album obviously exploded and you got the deal and everything, um, I remember like we were back and forth up to London and I'd been in other bands back and forth to London and I, I heard your name before like it erupted, like, you know, it was because we, we both know um, the, the London scene, we've all been up there, it's such a... It's, it's vast, like, you know, it's, there's so many places you can play and we just kept hearing about this this band that everybody was talking about and what you were doing and like yet, yet again your brother was still a showman 
um, doing all the moves and stuff, and A&R were always watching. And um, Did you feel that it was happening, or was it just always a watching, long... never signing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I didn't want to see that. That's I'm glad you said that. I don't know if it's noted anywhere, but that's what we were hearing, because obviously we had friends within the industry, and they were like, you know, this band is turning heads, they're packing pubs and, and, and clubs, and yet again, nobody's kind of picking them up at the moment. And then all of a sudden, bang, the, the album came out and, you know? Yeah, I, I've always been, like, I've always been a careerist, you know? Like, I've, I've always taken my career very seriously at the expense of um, everything, really. Um, and in a, in a weird way, it's just the weirdest thing, because, like, when we'd have, we'd been in sort of um, bands and, um, and, and, um, I've been in loads of bands that were just trying to do what we thought would, would, was the right thing to do, you know, that was like on point and that would get signed. And like, cause everyone likes, I don't know, everyone I know, um, every musician I know has a, has an incredibly broad, broad base of music and, and would, would be happy playing in any sort of band, really. Just being able to play for a living was, was, would be an amazing thing, wouldn't it? You know? um, so, I don't know, it was kind of... Um, uh, I forgot what the question was. Sorry, what was the question? Yeah, did you... Because you said, like, obviously, no-one was signing and... It, oh, yeah, it, sorry. No, sorry, I got way off. So, basically, yeah, so when we started The Darkness, it was... Um, you know, we were very serious about it, and I was very serious about it. But at the same time, we kind of detached ourselves from the idea of of ever really playing the game or making any money out of it. We didn't care. It's like, you know, in a way, we kind of um, we just we'd given up. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, because like, well, we're going to do it, and we're not going to compromise. We're not going to care if people don't like us. You know, we're not going to care if if um, A and R people come and see it and then don't like it doesn't matter because um if we like it and and we really genuinely love it then other people will and and it's just a matter of um doing it until we've got a, a big enough fan base to try and survive and if it all goes pear shaped we'll just be a queen covers band and play at my auntie's pub and that was literally <laughs> <laughs> that was it yeah. um and so so there was a long period, a good couple of years of playing in, in London, and the crowds were getting bigger and bigger. You know, it's like, and 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 our guys would come and go, just thinking, scratching their heads, going, "How, how the fuck are we going to market this?" And I, I can't blame them because it was so left field of everything at the time, um, and so in your face. It was like, yeah, I don't blame them really. So, but it didn't, you know, it didn't matter to me. You know, it, it was just like this is just brilliant. I remember when we got we got actually paid some money for a gig. It was we were at the Monarch, which ended up being the Barfly in Camden. Yeah, yeah. And we played yet another Saturday night slot, um, and we'd been doing that for probably about a year. Um, and the um, promoter came up to us afterwards. We were at the bar. I said, "Yeah, that's a brilliant one. Like, there's loads of people there tonight. You know, you know, a couple of hundred people, whatever." And um, and uh, you go, "Ego guys," and he gave us like two hundred quid. And we're like. We've got fifty quid each. We've like, <laughs> got no money. Like that's like you know, for us at the time, that's like a month's wages of like that's 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 what you can spend on beer in a month. And and then we were just giving it for the night. And, you know, obviously it went that night. But, um, uh, yeah, so it didn't. You know, it's very old school. We just didn't care. 
didn't care. And I think that's when we made our, our, our best kind of um, music and probably played our best gigs when we literally couldn't care less. So it was, um, was Permission to Land, was that ready to, that was there? That was like, it was it was ready to go when you were signed, all the songs are ready to, to yeah. drop, like? Basically, yeah. We've been playing those songs for about a year at that point. Um, yeah. So, like, it's, it's we, we had this um, uh, little production studio in Wilsden um, where we worked with Pedro and where he and I um, were sort of co-producing it uh, for about, I think, probably about, that was nearly a year we were in there. And it was painfully slow because um, Pedro had his day job at another studio where, where I'd met him and I had a job and I think Justin was working at the time and and we were so we were kind of trying to make this album um, in fits and spurts like two or three hour stints a night you know by the time everyone got to Wilson and having finished working Chelsea got home got Chamberwood you know it was like we had like three or, three or four hours and then Get you know, leg it back to Camden to get get drunk again that night, or whatever, and and it and then you know double that with me just pouring over every little thing, um, production wise, it just took absolutely forever. So three, I think we ended up, only ended up with two of the songs from that almost year long session making onto the record, which is um, "Love's Only Feeling" and "I Believe and Think of Love." Um, actually, did it out of my hands as well, I think, um, but. There's a big difference between the way those those sound, you know, um, and and the rest of the album, which was like knocked out in two weeks, <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we finally managed to sort of like pull some money together to go and you know record the rest of the album, and we were in a hurry as well because, you know, the the, the band's sort of notoriety was overtaking the output, so it was like right, we really need to get this finished now, so. Um, we went up to the chapel and just blasted the rest out. You know. So that's why that, that section of the record sounds pretty garaging, and those two sound like mega productions. Yeah. So, like, as a musician, as a songwriter, obviously the two different hats, you know, that Mr. Producer put the hat on, did you know this album, the songs, they were they could chart? Did you, did you think, yes, these are commercial, these could be something, and then putting your producer hat on, you know, because... From my point of view, you can write something and you have an idea of how it should sound and you could add this, blah, 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 and think, oh, I can't wait to get in the studio because it's going to sound like this. Mm. But it can also take away the love for that song. So what was the difference for you, bud, as in writing it as the musician and then sticking your producer hat on? Well, you know, I mean, the the reality is, like, so I was kind of um, in that sort of production partnership with Pedro for the first start of the, the start of the record. Yeah. And then after the painfully slow um, pro- progress and my complete sort of control freakishness over it, um, at one point Frankie said, look, can you stop doing this, please? <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then basically Pedro took over the rest, which it, it right. kind of suited the album, really, because, you know, I got to I got to put my over overproduction stamp on, on those two, um, which were both singles or whatever, and, and then the rest of it became this really sort of, sort of um, uh, much more organic sounding, I suppose, record. So it actually was, it was a blessing for the record in the end, <laughs> just for the fact that it might have taken two years. But um, um, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, during that sort of um, 
process the first so during that first early session yeah 100% was thinking well this just needs to be a massive worldwide smash and why not you know because we, we only tried to write classics you know every song it was all about the song and everything was kind of um it still is to some extent it was basically built up from acoustic acoustic ideas and 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 um and, and movements that were as influenced by um ABBA and and um, and the Beatles yeah. as 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 they as they ACDC or or even like sometimes sort of garagey sort of punk yeah. rock. So yeah. um, so I really believed that. And then when I was kind of taken off the gig <laughs> of production, um, uh, I, I just I kind of carried on doing what I normally do, but I didn't have that mindset as in like okay, what's you know this everything needs to be met like mega mega um mega catchy and and um and you know those moments that you work on in productions you know you can influence things as a, as a producer i think yeah in the way that, that certain sections of a song impact and and you can you can really make things ram ram things home that yeah that, that can make them sound more like hits but um but the rest of the album it's just like well let's just let's just rock and enjoy this and have a laugh. And I remember like being in, um, in mastering, uh, and listening to it as a, as a, as a complete body of work. Cause it just sounded for me for years, it's well, for, for that year or whatever, when it was all kind of put together, it never sounded cohesive, never sounded like together. Like all these songs sounded so different. Um, and they're all recorded in completely different ways. It's like, how's this ever going to work? But you know, is anyone ever, ever going to like this because most albums like at the time and still really they're kind of they're all done in one go aren't they they're not like <laughs> like you know they're not like um done over long periods of time in in three different studios with two different three different producers sort of things so um but yeah but it was ni nice to hear that when it finally um all came together but i still in answer without waffling on like i always do um now i didn't think it's going to be a hit record <laughs> I thought no. maybe there's a chance that um, that that we would basically get to do get to make another record, but I certainly didn't expect it to go to number one for weeks and weeks and then not in a million years. It's just incredible. I mean, like I said, from an outsider, um, unbelievable because we you, you know you hear how hard you guys had worked and like you just said, now you've gone from fifty pound playing the bar fly um, and yes, you know we're getting paid and. Uh, Trunk it away in about an hour, um, and then the next thing you know, you're you know you're in the Brits, and you're collecting yeah. awards, and you're headlining major festivals, and um, everything was just it was all about you guys. Do you know what I mean? It was just like bang, you were everywhere. Right, yeah. Literally, it was Even, unbelievable. Remember oh, Dave yeah. Grohl? Dave Grohl was doing an interview. He was like, uh, "It's all about the darkness, man." It's like even yeah. Dave Grohl was yeah. saying, "Like, is you guys were massive, He's massive." Guy. I remember I was actually last week I was I was in the cinema with my oldest daughter and we were watching um, is it Black Widow is it the one yeah, that yeah 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 Marvel stuff and um, and um, she's like oh she's brilliant what's her name Scarlett I was like, Scarlett Johansson yeah I kissed her yeah she was like what, what? what? She, she was like she wouldn't have even let you anywhere near her <laughs> it's like no it's true it actually happened. Um, but um, you've got to tell us that now, Dan. You've got to tell us a story there. <laughs> and then, like, it was it was a peck on the cheek while she was handing me a Brit award, you know. Like, so. All right. 
Ah, wicked. It doesn't really count. I oh, know it doesn't count. It, it does. Count. No, it does. It, it, does. <laughs> it does. It all counts. It all counts, man. <laughs> yeah, still counts. No, that's incredible. And it just goes, like I said, it's um, a running theme of, we always say it to bands on your, um, especially ones who are just releasing an album or ones that have just kind of got a, a good break. You, you just got to keep working hard, man, and believe in yourselves and, and you know, keep that keep that mentality going within the band. And like you said, you oh, guys just started I'm, having a laugh with it and yeah. and started enjoying what you were doing. And I think we we reached a point of doing that, weren't it, Shane? You were just we like, did. let's just yeah. get out and gig. Let's just don't worry about the industry. Let's fuck anything, anything negative, just put it outside and let's just get in a van and remember why we got in a band, like, you know? And um, the moment we did that, it was just everything it started getting better, happening. like. It all starts it's, happening, doesn't it? It's almost like, it's almost like it's the X factor that you need because like when you're worrying too much about it and you're trying, you're trying to plot a course for your career, it doesn't work like that in, in the arts, does it? It only works if, if what you're doing is omitting something like really powerful. And, and, um, and the first thing that counts for the most, I think in a band is that everyone is just loving what they do and really getting across what well, getting out of it what they want what they want you know and um it's quite rare to get sort of um you know four or five people on the same wavelength who have that same attitude because and this is where this is why most bands are unsuccessful because because they stop they they give up or they change or they try this or they try that or, mem- or members leave or whatever and and um you know that that's the lottery isn't it it's like Find, finding the right people to be in a band with and and having that X factor of really not giving a fuck. And, you know, it's it's difficult. It's hard not... It's hard to be like that when you care so much about it. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Is to, yeah. is to just let yourself go and, and just, you know, not worry about it not, and, and not worry about what people think, think of you and stuff. You know? I found it refreshing personally because i came from the background of stress and um checking my msn back in the day for you know a and r to get back to you or or an agent or or you're panicking or your demos why haven't they why haven't they got back it's been a month now or like you said back and forth because we live in wales we were literally back and forth i mean there was one stage when we were kids when we were um we were filling coaches, man. I mean, now we look back, I think, fuck, what idiots. We were we we're filling like 52-seater buses and stuff, taking them up to London, <laughs> lining the pockets of the promoters, yeah, um, uh, heading deal. back to Wales, and then going, yeah, we, that phone will ring now, like, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think once we stop worrying about the the phone or um, people, like I said, jumping on board with what we're doing... Um, mm-hmm. And I, I remember Shane saying it before we were in the band, and he was just like, "That's it. We just we're in charge of our own destiny, didn't he, or something like that?" Shane was like, "Yeah, I think everybody gets consumed with somebody else is going to open that door for you. Somebody yes, else yeah. is going to phone you, and and then your career starts. Bullshit. Yeah. The only day yeah. your career yeah. starts is when you take control and start making decisions that are good for you, and watch mm-hmm. that manifest and snowball." into something if the if you're connecting with the people and the people are, are, are seeing your authenticity your originality on stage mm-hmm. as you said dan you're loving it they are gonna fucking love it um yeah the minute we focused on that 
Then the doors opened, and only yeah. then the doors opened. Totally. You know what? I, I just, I totally agree with you guys. It's like, it's, it's why X Factor is the worst thing that's ever happened for music. It's like everyone just thinks that it's down to the sort of gatekeepers to, to you know, allow you to progress with your career. So, you know, yeah. and the awful thing is that like kids are actually brought up to think that's real, you know, that that's the only way that, that someone else can do it, could, will give them access. And, you know, it's just, it's terrible, really. I, I really fucking hate the X Factor. I, I won't have it. I hate all that. You know, when like um, the way they build up the sob stories, which are. Oh, yeah, sad. yeah, yeah. They are sad. Yeah. But it's this whole thing, the way it's filmed and like, and then like, it's just like, oh, it's just, oh, it just drives me crazy. It's like, just sing a yeah. bloody song. And they, haven't seen, they haven't seen a band, <laughs> they haven't seen a band 10 hours in a fucking van, have they? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 10 hours in a van traveling to a four hour gig because they've been stuck in traffic and then they've got to get on fucking stage for 30 minutes, not get paid, and then travel back, travel all the way back home. <laughs> yeah, repeat for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my story. Yeah, I mean, was, uh, I was doing that for 10 years before I made a penny out of music in London. 11, in fact, you know. I think was, I think a lot of the musos, you know, all, all the bands we speak to and all the musicians we come across, that that's, that's the, the road warriors. Like, you know, it's you're very, very lucky if you get to bypass that. If you get to bypass that level of sitting, you know, you, you master, like, sitting and sleeping with a coat or a... Um, or as you get savvy, uh, as you you know you you get on in your career and you start taking a pillow, um, but you you know you're arched up like that. Or yeah. um, fuck, I've even slept on the floor on people's feet, like you know, just because. Yeah, well, as Shane knows, I'll sleep anywhere. Like, but it's the it's the case of you have to like you know it's those and they create memories and stories, um, and I think they just make anything good. You know, even when you get your first good rider and you're like, fucking hell, look, look at the rider. Look at the rider. Like, they, they you know, they've yeah. given us more than two bottles of water. Like, this is incredible. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, it just makes those moments special, man. And um, okay. I bet that was same with you guys when you, you know, when you, you went up that level. I mean, we always talk about it as in levels with bands and when you jumped that level and as you said you were almost catching up because your success was just growing by the hour not even by the day really it was just it's, it was exploding like you know so when we played the um uh story rest in peace um mm. uh it was just as we released growing on me and a lot of people think that like we were signed by them but we weren't we put that out ourselves and it, and it went to number 11 um and uh, at the same time, we played the story, and we we oversold it, like um, so. It was they, they let probably two hundred people in more than they should have done. It was absolutely ran. And when we turned up for that gig, um, we didn't even have a lighting guy. It was the in-house guy, um, and we didn't. The stage we got there, and um, it was like, right, what are we going to do with this? Like, um, and they had all these um, tables that were were for the DJ. For, for the because it was like on it was on a Friday night, so they, there was a big club night on every Friday at the Astoria. Uh, so they were just waiting in the wings. I was like, Oh, can, can we use those? So they're like, Yeah, if you want. So I got all these tables and I put them, they, you could fit a marshal just inside them. So we, we sort of put all our marshal stacks um, 
just in front of these tables, like something on the edge of with them stabilizing these tables. And then, so I created Justin this, this um, with a flight case lid on each end of the step, like a, like a walkway behind the drum kit, you know. And the thing was like wobbling about, like you wouldn't believe it was an absolute death trap. I mean, health and safety nightmare, you know, with this like <laughs> just much sound to light show going on in a, in a sold out Astoria and just, and it was just all, it was all just like rocket rockers, you know, I'll, just, I'll never forget that gig. It was just, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. And we were still unsigned. <laughs> and, and what's annoying is it like, like, you know, in the press, like there's this thing about the Arctic monkeys were the first band ever to sell out the Astoria unsigned. And it's just not true. That's, you know, it's just not true. It, it, it was us. So there you go. Love you, Arctic Monkeys, but you're wrong. Like yeah, you. you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible, but I mean, the album is phenomenal. I educated my son; he's eight, and um, for years, but since um, yeah, there it is. Um, oh shit, I forgot the song. Get away with that now, thanks for you, ladies. Ladies behind on an album. Yeah. It does really? look like Scarlett Johansson from behind, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> hey, I know someone who's kissed her. But um, <laughs> just... like the, my my son is eight, and um, for years, but since this album came out, whenever I'm looking for my car keys, I just shout, "Give me the keys!" Like that, right? All all the time. And he he thought that was dad messing around until I was in the car and I played your album. He's like, "That's what you say." I was like, "Yeah, but Justin does it a bit better than me." But, uh... <laughs> That's pretty good, to be fair. <laughs> I love our song, Stuck in a Wreck and Me's in. Yeah, that's one of my favourites to play live. I, I love I love it because it's just about, you know, getting out. You know, it's, just, it's all the references in there are very sort of um, very knowing about like where we come from. Yeah. And um, and the fact that it's on a on a on a um, successful album it just it still baffles me, really. You know, talking about the Barmby Bends, I mean, you know. <laughs> 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 and and it'd be rude as well not to mention because we had your your mucker on and one of our favorite albums and this is genuine oh. now I, I i gotta i gotta say it one of our favorite albums is this beauty um oh. mate honestly there's Dude. we were saying this to rich and we were like there is such in wales such a cult following who love stone Gods. Really? I don't know if he's told you that or because yeah. I met Toby years ago um, and then I met Richie um, via the Bullet Boys and stuff like that um, and that's all I used to keep on to him and then um, they were stupid enough to give me their, their contact details and that's all I used to do was fucking badger him um, and this is like even before the Crows even like when we got together with the Crows and everything we'd all be like check this album out um, we used to play it on tour um such a great record that one honestly it's such um brilliant absolutely brilliant i'm I'm very proud of that album um and you know it sits it's it's funny because it sits for me it's chalk and cheese to to um what i've done in the darkness you know it's completely completely different to me um it's uh so, so quite often it, it picks up um, people who, like, like don't necessarily l- haven't really enjoyed the darkness to some extent, or it's been a bit too much for them. Um, but they tend to really like that that album. You know, it's weird. It's like um, 
uh, yeah, anyway, but I, I, um, I'm incredibly proud of that album. It was the first, first time I got to really, um, you know, really get a chance to realize some, some, some production stuff that, that I am um, wanting to have, wanted to do. I mean, basically that is the sound of me, um, getting to know my studio and, and having a chance to really get to grips with, um, a, a load of techniques that I just hadn't had time to do before. So, so like put it this way, when it came to actually putting my lead guitar parts on that, I was just, I was a mess because I was just the producer of that record and engineer and that was it. And then suddenly I had to step up and put solos on it all and stuff. And I just <laughs> I fucking meltdown at one point. It was like, because it sounded so good without it. And then like, and then I'd basically pretty much forgotten how to play guitar or realized that I'm a rhythm guitarist. <laughs> and now, but, but Richie's just done all the, all the rhythm guitar and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it, it was, uh, that was, that was a tough moment for me. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm really incredibly proud of how, how it turned out. You know, it's, um, but it's no, it's nowhere as good as the, uh, the one we did after that, but, uh, it's a shame, shame that one didn't come out. It will be soon, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it has to come out, Dan. It has to come out, mate. Um, yeah, I think you know everybody... It's, it's absolutely fucking mind-blowing. It, it, like, it, it's, um, it's unbelievable. It's just, I, I can't even, I can't even describe it, really. But we, it's funny, because in, during lockdown, um, you know, made, made a, an, another Darkness record, and, um, and, Someone had been bugging me for years is that I, that I hadn't got that off my desk, you know, not mm. made not to kind of like belittle it at all. But I always felt bad about the fact that I I broke the band up essentially because uh, the darkness reformed and and I I needed to do that. I needed to you know be with my brother again and my my first love. So you know. But it always was just, I never felt proud about how, how it all kind of, um, how I just ditched it and walked away, you know, uh, and before it was mixed. So so we left it where it, all, all the tracking was done. And then and we were in negotiations to, with the label, to, with, the, with a label to put it out. And then, and then the darkness reformed and then Bush reformed and then it was it, it was gone. Yeah, yeah, and then and it was never mixed. So, I mean, the guys never even heard what I'd done on it, right? <laughs> because all the backing tracks were done, apart from as usual, me putting my solos on last, where, where I would basically like fight, take that hat off and and try and put this one on and keep that one on my shoulder, or whatever. And um and uh, so they, they hadn't even heard it. So when um when when the mixes started going coming coming through this summer um and i was just i would just be sitting back just going fucking hell my god listen to that and then i'll send it to the guys and they'll be like fucking hell what what have we done here and um and it's just uh yeah it's crazy it's crazy um how it how it all works out we are we are at some point going to release it you know the thing is the trouble is i i'm my priority is is the darkness, obviously. Yes. obviously. Yes. Um, but there's lots of bands do kind of like um, different things, you know. Like I mean, Dave God's got all sorts of stuff on on the go. Lots of bands, yeah, man. Kind of 
projects and whatnot. And we're all grown up and we're all friends. You know, this is the thing. We're all really good, really good mates. And, you know, we're all, all of the, the past grievances, of, if there were any, have, have gone and, and everyone knows what the sketch is. It's, um, it's just finding the time for it to, to be the right time. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of, you know, my management is looking at this piece of work and going like, okay, that's fantastic. What we're going to do with that? And so, well, it's going to have to be when I'm not doing something darkness fight. And then it's like, yeah. when the fuck's that going to be? Yeah. So, so who knows? I, 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 I don't think it would get a proper release at some point, but it would probably take us taking a break to do it, I think. So, so there leaves the question of whether we should just put it out there and let the world have it, literally just give it away, um, or whether we should, um, or whether we just wait because you just never know what's going to happen. I'm not saying that the darkness will split up because they won't. You know, it will take one of us to die or do something else. You know, probably, but um, but you never know. You know, you just never know where it be, might where you know. Like Justin might be burnt out, want to do something else. He might want to do a side project, and when he wants to do something, he generally does it. You know, so you know, it, who knows what's going to happen with that? But, I think that's the only thing that you've got in there. You, you, yeah, you've got in there. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Have you heard any of it yet? Has he um, played any anything to you? <laughs> 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 Yeah. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Him. I sound like I sound like I was like build, I might like be mi like mystifying it a bit to build. No, it up. we're we your big, we're your biggest advocates. How how good the album sounds is a big problem, actually. It's a massive problem. I mean, there's there's you know all of us in the band love album number one. Um, and yes, we've we've heard a couple of treats because obviously. Um, you know, he, he said, you wouldn't believe it. Because I just happened to text him and said, for fuck's sake, wh when when's album two happening and when are you guys going to do something? And I always send that text. I don't know how many times a year, like, you know, um, a day. Yeah, a day. Um, but it's just it's just such a, it's a nice position for yourself to be in because, you know, we're going to talk about the brand new record and you've been super successful. You, you're in a band with your brother as well, and that's an incredible band that is keeping on making waves. So I, I completely get, you know, the fan in me wants you to do the Stone Gods album too and do a full run, full tour and everything. But the, the, yeah. the business, Ed, we completely understand, like, yeah. you know, ev everything has to be right in this world. And, yeah. Yes you know? and no, I mean, I, I kind of just think it's literally just a matter of time. It's like, you know, like, I've talked to my brother about it, you know, uh, like, he knows it's mixed and it's done. And, Has and, he heard um, it? No, no one's heard it, apart from you two and the band, I think, probably. And, and um, my wife. Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> but, um, That's awesome. That's honoured. Yeah, That's so, honoured. Honoured. You know, so it's kind of like one of those things. So, you know, who knows what will happen? I, I said to him, look, you know, maybe at some point, because we're not talking about like a restart of a career, really. No. It's just a matter of just be nice to get it out there. So I was thinking, well, wouldn't it be great just to do like, um, uh, you know, just a small run up and down the country, mm -hmm. you know, maybe like a, a, a hot leg stone gods double double headliner and just put it out and job done. 
you know, it would be enough. I think it'd just be nice to, to um, like put a, put a, put a, a draw a line under it in, in a really cool way. But fucking who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? There's also part of me just wants to just stick it under 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 the bed because you know, I think I I don't think it's um, it's not losing value. It's definitely gaining. I, I would have thought because um, the further the further away from um, from from uh, I don't know. I just think it's it's going to be great when it happens, but um, finally, it'll yeah, it'll be fab. It'll be fab, and they're great guys as well. Like I said, they're absolutely fabulous. Um, and uh, yeah, we had Richie on. He was he was just such a character, mate. He was uh, full of beans, uh, yeah. and I, I just I yeah think the world of him. Honestly, they've just always kept in touch, always championed us as well. And um, like I said, just an album. They're all it's in our it's in our collection, man. It'll it'll never go away, like you know. So it's nice. It's, it's nice, and I'm very proud of that record. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Well, with the, the next one will, it will come out at some point. There's no way it can't because too much, too much went into it. Really, you know, that's, that's like that's a good, as I say, it's a good year and a half of um, of, of four four blokes' lives. You know, yeah, oh, I love that, Dan. I talked about producing as well. You've got this. Look at that. Look at that artwork. We were on about the artwork, honestly, before you came on. It's stunning, mate. It's absolutely it's stunning. Very, it's Jim Fitzpatrick-esque. I don't know if you know. Who Jim Fitzpatrick is? Do you know? we did a lot? We did a lot of um, the artwork for uh, Thin Izzy. It's all like kind of hand drawn and stuff. That, he didn't do that. Um, uh, this, this lady Kiara did that, but that's why I love it because it reminds me of um, Jim Fitzpatrick's work. Not so very cool. And it looks like he's got a, an alien penis. The first thing you notice <laughs> is that. I didn't want to say that. I did. <laughs> I, I did a good man. Yeah, because I was like, there's a bit of danger to it. Because um, I was like, is that a first cock? Thing you, first thing you say, you say like, is, it, is that a cock? And like, no, that's, no, that's fine. Yeah, if you look but in the left, I thought there's like a metaphor. Because if you look over there in the left, it looks like a cock. And there's a ring on her as well. So it's, it's like, can you see with the bolt? Cock ring? <laughs> <laughs> but oh what I love about this front cover, man, and um, and and genuinely, it, it it took me back to like when when we started buying vinyls, um, like in my teens, and I was buying Ducky and really exciting covers where you're looking at every element of it. It's not just fucking black with whatever. Do you know what I mean? There's so much going on. Um, and like I said, I was looking at you know over in the right hand corner. I'm like, what? What's that up to? Is that a bit cheeky by there? What's what's going on by there? Like you know, so it's fabulous. It's fucking yeah. great, great artwork. Can't beat that when it's great artwork with a band as well. Like you know, and, and man, the single. I cannot get that guitar riff out of my head. Oh, oh, oh. I, had, so I had a five hour, five hour uh, trip up to Manchester today. Oh yeah, and um. I just had it playing all the time, and then I knocked it off and started listening to a podcast, and that's all I had in my head. Did it? was brilliant. Oh, Love, it. Love it. Yeah, it's a bit like um, it's funny. It's that that um, oh, fucking, I re- I recorded that twice, maybe even three times uh, on for this record. And first time I recorded it, um, I basically I basically I, I fucked the drum sound up because. I, I was trying something completely different because I can't I can't stop experimenting. It's it's the bane of my life, you know. I don't know why I can't just just go right. 
okay, this, we know this works. Let's <laughs> just go with this. Let's can't do it. I just hit the self-destruct button. Anyway, I was experimenting way too much. And um, uh, so because the, the drum sound didn't work out on, on that, I, I literally um, leveled my studio and rebuilt it um, because I, I didn't like where I, could, I realized I wasn't going to get the drum sound out of it that I wanted to get. And then, um, so I started again and, and um, subsequently with the new studio, um, all the, all the drum sounds were just like a million times better from there on. And then, but this one, we'd already tracked it and it was like, so, so when I came to mix it, um, Fucking hell, it's a disaster. It was, took fucking ages. <laughs> and, uh, I must have, I've tried 10 different approaches. I've spent, honestly, best part of two and a half months trying to mix that fucking song. And then, <laughs> and then, and then I was just like, well, I'm sorry, guys. Just, you know, we've got to re record it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and bless their hearts, they actually did it. They did that for me. They were like, they trusted me enough to, to you know, to do that, so we we re-recorded re it right at the end of the album. I mean, this is after mixes have gone out of this, the whole album with that um, as the album was like, no, everyone back in, let's do it again, <laughs> and um, and, it, and it worked out. And 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 that funny that that guitar line that you're you're singing there, um, the open, like um, almost um, I don't know, it's got like a. Um, um, it's almost like an Egyptian sort of. Uh... Yeah, yeah. It's um, um. Oh God, what was a band of Ra Ra Rasputin? Uh, oh um... yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, God, why can't I think of their band? Someone in the oh. program, you know. Quick, someone get man the helm. Man the helm, is it? No. <laughs> <Don't forget laughs> That's a very different band. <laughs> we are man the helm. Oh, that's, a no, that's, a band. Name. that's a great band name. There we go. There's another side project. Boney yeah. M. There we no, go. Boney M, thank you. That would be um, Yacht Rock, wouldn't it? Sorry. <laughs> Man um, the Helm. Yeah, so I did Boney M thing. So that came, like, that came in right at the very end for the, for the second recording of it. So, that didn't, oh, right. so that, the, the signature thing just didn't even exist until, until it was re-recorded for the millionth time. What was that? Oh, that's yeah. bad. So if you hadn't have done it for the second time, that riff wouldn't have happened. That's what you're saying, basically. Yeah, I'm saying, so yeah. Add off to you. So, there you go. These things happen for a reason, I suppose. That's it, man. And for a um, minute, it wasn't sounding like Boney M. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. And is this the second <laughs> album you've produced for The Darkness, or is there more, or have you always been in the share, or...? Yeah, so um, so hotcakes. Yeah, uh, comeback record. Um, last of our kind with um, open fire and all that kind of stuff. Produced and mixed that. That was the first album that I produced and mixed and engineered. Mixings are really big. It's been a thing I've been working on for about a decade now, which I'm only finally kind of happy with my mixes. Well, uh, you know. As happy as I could be on that day or whatever, but um, uh, so um, after that I took a break because um, I had yet another child, and, um, and I couldn't face <laughs> <laughs> millions of enough. 
Um, and um, <laughs> so I couldn't face going to the studio. And um, Adrian Bushby did that one and did a uh, Pinewood Smile, that was. Um, and then um, and then I came back on board for Easter is Cancelled and, and then this one as well. So I guess, yeah, I generally do it. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah. know, I, it wasn't, it's, I've always loved doing it. I find it much easier producing other bands and artists than, than, than my own band because it's for obvious reasons, you know. Mm. Um, but um, it's just something I, I've always wanted to do. Like on, on my national record of achievement from back in the day, my fi- on my final statement, it says um, um, I, would, I would love to get, get on a, an audio engineering course and possibly become an engineer or, or even a producer in, in London. And that, that's, what, that's my mindset at 16, you know. Um, so I've always been obsessed with it, which is why, why I, I put my money into a residential recording studio and built it from the ground up when, when the band made Fantastic. And why I've got, and why in my studio at the moment, I've got a 57 channel SSLE series that belonged to Genesis two weeks ago, Whoa. which I've got to rebuild and, um, and uh, build a studio around it that's big enough to house the bloody thing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I told you I made my life difficult for myself. But oh man! How did you get that shipped over? That must have cost you a fortune. Well, I took it out of the studio myself. Yeah, so um, with, with about five other people. Well, actually eight. <laughs> it was insane. The thing is unbelievably heavy. You just. I just. I, let me show you a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going. We're going old school here. Incredible, incredible. Um, so yes, yeah, so and what? So the obsession really does run very deep, um, and I guess I don't know. People, people um, can talk. You can talk forever, but I don't think I'll ever really sort of. Um, I'll ever shake, shake the buzz of um, you know when you're. That's my new, that's my new baby. Oh, Jesus, look at that. You actually see that? Wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can see that, dude. Oh, wow. So is that oh, the place wow. you're taking it from? Some people during, yeah, that's on Genesis, um, have, a, have a studio in um, in um, Surrey, and I'm very, very fortunate to have um, been able to, to buy that desk as, as they are uh, taking that studio apart, and a load of outboard as well, so... Um, but it's bit, I've been. It's part of one of those things, isn't it? Like I've, I've always, I've always like, I've worked in a hybrid kind of way. Do you know? I've never been te- with you, technically. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so I've, I've, um, I've, I've basically worked on tape back in the day through through desk, but I was straight out the gate with Pro Tools, and I've always worked like that. But um, the last album, this album, I just done. I mixed in the box. The first time I mixed in the box. And I was really surprised at, at how how it sounded, you know, because I'd, I'd always, you know, mixed properly, <laughs> I guess is the word, and for better or worse, because it's an absolute nightmare, um, has its own challenges, but has a certain sound. So, um, so I switched to in the box in the age because I was trying to downscale everything and simplify things, and and I just wanted to see whether I could do it, whether I, whether it was possible for me to make a record I liked the sound of. It mixed entirely in the computer and um so 
almost exactly at the moment when the album was finished and it was like, yeah, brilliant, I can do this. It was like, do you want to buy this mix and desk here, right then? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I literally, I've got to build, fit the physical studio around it, a new studio around it because it's so big. Wow. Um, but, um, you know, some That's people, exciting though, dude. That's, that's the same you have in it, you know. It is exciting. And, you know, it's... Um, it's something I've, 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 it's my dream mixing, yeah. mixing console really, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, that's my next project, really. Fantastic. <laughs> when you, when you listen, because you speak to some, you know, producers, engineers, etc., and they, when they mix something, especially a mixer, they, they sometimes like to take it to their car or mm. a, a certain stereo, no matter how old that stereo is, because that's where they get a, a real nice baseline of where, track is sitting like have you got that i, I know we've oh. got a bit geeky now but is that is that something oh, you yeah. just sit in well, the studio and you know when you're happy like I think I, i'm kind of i'm all right in the studio and i have like three sets of monitors and um yeah and i do tend to i don't monitor on headphones so much you know i do always always check it on headphones um but it's only to check it hasn't gone pear shaped i never reference you know, um, balances on, on their phones because I haven't found a pair that I think are actually accurate yet. But um, um, but yeah, I've got. I think the the most important thing is is um, having a really great room to monitor in, uh, and knowing your monitors. Like you know, it's it's. Um, I, I have to. There's like two foot of um, insulation on the inside of my studio. It's it's pretty horrible, really. Um, but it's uh, essential, really, to know, to know what you're listening to is actually what is actually happening. Um, yeah, it's um, I don't know. You get you get feel for frequencies over over the years, don't you? As well, you know, I could talk in frequencies now, um, like, and you just know where things should sit, and 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 that's half the battle as well. Like, I genuinely think, uh, you know, I mix well on the speakers that I'm on, but I think I'd probably get away with it in most places unless it was an absolute disaster. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting really techy though. I think um, if you're in a diff if you're in a even slightly difficult room, um, the te the, um, the the room measuring technology, like from people like Sonar Works, where where they adjust what's happening in your speakers to compensate for the room. I mean, that's completely changed. There's a game change for me. You know, I don't I don't second guess things anymore. I know that they're right, and it's um. You know, it's horrible when you're mixing and like, and you think it sounds great, and then you, and then you take it somewhere or you listen to it elsewhere or it's fine, and it's all bass or like the snare drum yeah. that was kicking your ass. But it's it's amazing, like you know, the, the um, how much of a difference it it makes when what you're listening to is what what is actually coming out of those speakers you know? yeah. yeah 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 well dude um, i'm 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 loving the new song i mean when it when is it any more singles coming out before the album is released or i had a nice big zoom about it today with um video director and and management and the band and uh there's like uh yeah there's loads more is going to be coming out like um one after the other and so to the point where it's like, wow, are you sure? It's like, it's going to be this, 
and then it's going to be that, and then a video for this, and then a lyric video for that. It's like, yeah, why not? I think the idea is that um, just keep the output up and yeah. and um, and in your face right up until we go on tour, you know. And they're, they're not putting the like a, a the the single that's that's going to have the that we're going for radio on and making the, the mega video for. They're not putting that at the back end. They're, they're going in with that next. So you know, so it's right. hold your stomachs t- in time pretty soon. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, well, it's going to be busy times for you. I I, I know that, and I, and I just pulled this uh, this tour up. Look now, at that! Is, it's massive, mate. That's a that's a proper, that's a wicked tour that is. And you've got Steve Harris with you as well from British Lion. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a real that's an incredible tour. Fair play. It's going and to be a great tour. Do you know what? It's just so nice to actually like know it's going to happen because. It was only a matter of weeks ago where we were pretty much holding our breath to see which yeah. way things went with um with the when they were uh, when the COVID restrictions ended because it could have completely gone the other way and and, um, yeah. and it's like oh my god actually this is this is gonna happen it's actually gonna happen you know <laughs> yeah how how did you find that because um what was your first one back was it Steelhouse or did you have anything before Steelhouse or it was Steelhouse yeah. Yeah, how did you how did you find that? Because obviously, you know, we we had one. Was it the night before? Was it Shane? Was that yeah. our? That's the, that was our first like full you know capacity back, and it was a bit like wow, wow fuck, you know. It was it was cool, but it was um, uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as the one we did like a week later in Finland. Not because the the, the festival or the reaction or, or anything other than the fact that it was like. You're just going, oh my god, oh my god, uh, people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Just really intense. Yeah. It was like just and like and just trying. I'm definitely really trying not to muck things up, you know. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. I get really, if I if I even hit like one bum note, I'm just like, I can't get it out of my head for the rest of the gig. <laughs> it's like. And um, which is yeah. which is not ideal for me because I hit maybe ten ten a gig. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so yeah, I probably hit a bum note early on. It just put me on edge, and I don't know. It was just I was just really nervous. I think like weird. And then like when we, when we played in Finland, because we got that show out of the way, yeah, um, it was like it was back to being oh, couldn't care less anymore. Yeah, like I, I was, I was didn't, I wanted it to be good, therefore I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a weird thing, isn't it? I, I find that's the battle, really. That's why I love touring, like because it becomes that thing of like you could have like the worst gig ever, and then the next by the end of the next night, you could have the best gig ever. Yeah, by the end of the second week, who cares? You don't even know what planet you're on. <laughs> you can get what they get whether they like it or not <laughs> yeah it's so true <laughs> yeah, that's why touring so good isn't it because you're not beholden because it's that thing isn't that the memory I know exactly what you were saying about um, going all that way for, for a gig um, and then like nothing happens from it or, or it's a terrible gig and then going all the way home again and like dragging the equipment back to the lockup. you know like it's just and then you know, it's just such a big deal. Every kid's such a big deal. But I'd say that's that's probably the best thing about being in, in, a, in a touring band is, like, the fact that you can just do it again and again and again mm. so that you get out of that, like, 
nervousness a bit, I suppose, you know, like yeah. worrying about about what people think of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I love, yeah. And uh, do, you guys, do you guys kind of change anything on the fly as well? Because, you know, you, you prop a plug-in rock and roll. Um, is, is, is it like, you know, like you said earlier, you do your rehearsals, you know what you're going to play, or can it change from night to night where it's like, oh, let's chuck that one in tonight, or... Um... Yeah, sometimes it's normally we normally have to drop songs because um, because he's pissed around so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, sometimes it'd be like just uh, I'll literally just I'll be like just like looking at my watch going. <laughs> Won't be playing that one again tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be having discussions with the crew, of, you know, about the match last night, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like just off on one or something, uh, you know, or, or um, you know, just kind of trying to sometimes. So, yeah, it's just my job. I'm like the kind of, I wouldn't say captain, like Justin's a center forward and I'm the captain. So, like, I'm the one like just going, rolling around, like making sure. Yeah. Like, we're going to need to drop one. We're always having to drop songs at Fezzies all, all the time. Because if we're having a good festival, we're going to drop two or three songs. You know, just that makes sense. Is. No, that makes perfect yeah. sense. After seeing yeah. you guys live, you know, that makes perfect sense, you know, because uh, obviously it takes time, you know, when, when the crowd are behind you and, um, well, we yeah. had him he was, he was incredible. Justin went off on one. Yeah, it's funny. When, when, he goes, when he goes off on one, it's just, that's, that's be- it's, it's better than any music we could make. Yes. Really. It's, it's just, it's just funny, isn't it? It makes, it makes you laugh. He's just mucking about. It's a bloke just having a laugh. Who, yeah. who doesn't that, you know? Yeah. Class, well, the bloke is really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, talking about uh, obviously British Lion and Steve Harris, um, he likes his football. You like your football, yeah. Your brother likes your football. Listen now, listen now. We got something planned here for you. Um, Steelos Festival, um, Anas. It's a Crows versus Steelos Festival football Ooh. game, charity game. And we know yeah. you and your brother are good footballers. We were wondering, you know, if there's an opportunity there if you want to play on our team. Yeah, we'll... I'm losing you now. Mikey and Max have tapped them up, they have. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I know, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's funny, funny you said that. I, I played football um, on uh, Sunday night. <laughs> And I've basically been walking around for the last couple of days like I've shat myself. Yeah. Yes. You know that feeling you've just gone for it. I mean, I literally got out of the car today and I had to use both hands to lift my leg out. It was like, yeah. you know, it was like I turned up for the, um, no, that's not very big scene. <laughs> yeah, keep what you say. For the Olympics um, thing that's just going on. There. But um, no, it's um, it was terrible, really. It's like, uh, so yeah, I'm in. Good. Yeah, man. there we go. I love when that. Well, we am. Um, signed anything off yet um but we'll hit you up and um, we've been poaching players left right and center and um we, we we knew you you play as well so we'll we'll give you the date see if it marries up with your schedule and i think you'll be up for it, it you know i'm up for it i love i love a game of footy it'll really be in a it'll be in a stadium as well um so be oh yeah we're going for log with this so yeah it'll uh yeah we'll we'll get all the details over to you and we'll get, get the show Get the shirt, a big game player, get the shirt over, get the name what, on um, it. What position do you play, Dan? Um, depends, really. Um, I 
I like to think of myself as as a centre back, but it depends. In six aside, I play centre back slash centre forward. <laughs> it's like just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just uh, can't help myself. I have to go for these sort of soaring runs. But um, central midfield, I suppose, is my you know, Love it. Game, game maker. Oh, You've seen all the right things you mate. I should have been a pro, you see. That that was my, you know, forget this music stuff, you know. <laughs> I, pretend, I pretend to be interested in, like, my early life as a musician, but the whole time I was just trying to be a footballer. So to be bite. honest, this is the only reason why we got Crowcast is to invite everybody to be footballers on our team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally, so, well, the music. Yeah. exactly. We should have said that right from day one, and then we wouldn't have bored all these people. I wouldn't have bored all these people. <laughs> <laughs> the boys... I, would, I wouldn't have bored both these people. <laughs> do, do the boys still play as well? To because I I know you've done like your um, soccer sixes and and stuff like that. Do they do they still kind of dabble with it or? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, Justin plays for a team in Switzerland. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and um, uh, Rufus only plays when we play, really, but he's, you know, he's really good. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of, we, we did, so we used to do the soccer sixes every year, and, and um, it sort of dropped off a bit recently, I don't know why, but probably because Justin's in Switzerland, so he can't make it most of the time. Um, but, yeah, I, I love a bit of food, you know. Yeah, really man. Do. It's, it's yeah. just... I run a lot as well, you know. I'm um, I'm doing a marathon this year. I, I did the London Marathon a couple of years ago, and and, and uh, I've signed up for it again it's in six weeks' time. I haven't started fundraising yet because um, I figure, you know, you've got to stop drinking before you start fundraising. But um, <laughs> no, I, I um, I'm worried worried about sort of injury, so I'm, I'm just getting to that point where where I can hit um, you know half marathon at a really good time. So. Uh, but football's just brutal. I, I I didn't feel in as much pain as I am now after a forty-minute game of six or so, five aside on Sunday. After the last marathon, I did. I mean, I don't remember having to sort of like um, I don't know lift my lift my own legs out of out of a car. Yeah, we we have the conversation about it constantly. Of um, it doesn't matter how much running you do on your own, for example, because you're doing your own pace and yeah. and etc. and 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 whatever. The moment you go on that football pitch, and depending on the momentum, like the like we we played Sunday, and there was a few younger lads playing Sunday as well, and the pace the pace was a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, I felt it Monday morning. I was literally walking around looking like I needed a shit constantly. Like you know, it was. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. two days after. It's always like the next day is all right. Yeah. Like it's not good, but it's like the second day, like the Tuesday. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the fucking strapping up now. We're seeing all the oh, lads strapping up. It's twenty <laughs> minutes to strap up before you get on. Uh, <laughs> I, still, I still, I've got nails for studs. <laughs> You're gonna fit in well with us, I tell you. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Dan. I love it, man. That's great. <laughs> man, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on and joining uh, us tonight. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's, um, sorry if I've been waffling. But... No, I loved it, oh, mate. Man. Honestly, a lot of stuff we didn't know tonight, which is great. And thank you for sharing that with us. And um, looking at that mammoth tour as well, um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a date there where we'll come and catch you. Um, not, we're not playing well. Oh, we are Cardiff Great Hall. Come on, 
you are playing Cardiff Great Hall, and I thought you were doing another one in Wales as well. I'll have to check on that because I don't want to say it just in case it's not announced. It's one of those, I know. Um, otherwise, we'll definitely have a kick around with you and get the details over as well, man, for your marathon because we'll um, yeah, we'll yeah, chuck some you. money in the kitty for you, dude. Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, I'll um, I'll basically stick it on my um, Instagram in the next couple of days. Uh, I've got one more run I need to do. Basically, I just want to make I want to make sure I can once I'm up to thirty k at a good time, then I know I'm not going to I know I I won't get injured. That's that's my my mode of thinking. But that's when it can that's for me that's when it can happen when it's at, at that point. Um, so I've got that run coming up on Thursday, assuming that you know I'm not still walking around like a shot myself. <laughs> If that goes well, I'll be going live on my on my um, funding page. There it's really go. inspirational stuff, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, can see, you can see a donation pouring in, can you? If I'm not walking like I've shit myself, you can donate. <laughs> the P for that Genesis board it is, I'm telling you no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, man. Brilliant. Amazing. Brilliant. So let's have a look at the, uh, the, the tour dates. Again, so anybody want to yeah, catch yeah. a darkness, incredible live band. There it is. Go get the tickets, man. Incredible band. The darkness, they're all right. No, and brand new album as well. Motor yeah. Heart. Yeah, we'll brand new album. Motor Heart we'll released selling, um, we'll, we'll be selling uh, Motor Heart dildos in the shape of that thing on the left hand side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shows. So, all those. Come free ba- batteries included. <laughs> Beautiful. So you know it's good. Oh, they're, they're for men, by the way. That's <laughs> <laughs> that did. Fifteenth of October. Can't wait, Dan. We'll be banging the album, bud. Awesome. Thank you so much, man, and we'll catch you for a beer soon. All right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm out of here. Take care, Thank man. Thank you, Dan. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!